And I want you to turn to Psalms 90, Psalms 90, verse 17. Psalms 90, verse 17. And I'm reading from the message paraphrase. Message paraphrase. And let the loveliness of our Lord, our God, rest on us, confirming the work that we do. Confirming the work that we do. Oh, yes, affirm the work that we do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you have fashioned us in such a way, you have gifted us in such a way, God. God, that you have given us talents and abilities, Lord, and you have placed us in places, Lord God, that only you want us to be because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. We are where we are today. We work where we work today because you put us there, Lord. We believe that with all our heart. And so, Lord, confirm the work that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I want to continue to talk to you about things that God really looks at as a big deal. Things that God thinks are a big deal. And so often we don't think it's a big deal. And as a result of that, we're not living in the, the fullness of God in our life because we don't embrace those things that God really knows and believes is a big deal. And so, so we've been talking about marriage is a big deal. We've been talking about sex within marriage is a big deal. Fathers are a big deal. And then last week we talked about money Money is a big deal, and how we use the money that God places in our hand as stewards is really a big deal. But this morning, I want to speak to you about your work. Why? Because the truth is, your work, what you do every day, is a big deal to God. See, the truth is, there are so many people who go to work every day, and they simply don't truly understand the connection between their work and their spirituality. Their work and their spirituality. 30%, only 30% of church attendees have a clear sense of God's purpose for their daily work. That means 70% of people, 70% of you tomorrow will not know how to connect your work with your spiritual life. 80%, 80% of people of faith know little about how God has wired them and the concept of calling or their mission in their workplace is foreign to them. They don't know how God has wired them so that they can be productive wherever they are in life. Whether they're at work, whether they're at school, whether they're at college, whether they're at home, wherever they are. God wants you to be effective. He wants you to be productive. And he wants you to be fulfilled in everything that you do. That includes your work. Somebody say amen. Just 22% of church attendees believe that their work that they do is as important to God as the work of a pastor and a missionary. So 22% of the people in the church, they, they, they actually understand, but most people don't understand that their work, what they do, is just as important as a pastor or a missionary. You know, when they look at a pastor or a missionary, they go, wow, you really get to do something that's worthwhile. You get to do something that has purpose and meaning in your life. But me, I don't know what my purpose is, and I don't know what my meaning is in my life. Most people separate their Monday to Friday with their Saturday and Sunday. What do I mean by that? Well, you know it, T-G-I-F. Thank God it's Friday. 
And why do we thank God it's Friday? Because we don't really... Work on this a little bit for a few moments, and this is okay, great. So so the truth is most people disconnect what they do on a daily basis with their spirituality. And, and that's just not healthy. Why? Because we've been taught. Listen to me. This is really important. We have actually been taught that work is a curse and not a blessing. That work is a curse and not a blessing. Why do I know that? Because somebody told us that after the fall of man, we had to start working. But that's not true, and I want you to see it in the Bible. I want you to turn to Genesis. Turn to Genesis. And I want you to see something about what God said in Genesis chapter 2. You see, most people believe that if Adam and Eve did not sin, we wouldn't have to work. We would just sit on clouds all day long. We would just go play golf all day long. If Adam and Eve didn't sin, we could just have a, a long vacation in life. But because they sin, we now have to work. But you see, God established, listen to me. I want you to write this down somewhere. God established work as a blessing, not a curse. And the truth is God, God himself loves to work. God loves to work. Why do we know that's true? Because he created all things. Work includes creating. Work includes thinking. Work includes feeling. Work includes making things out of nothing. Listen what it says in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty or it was dark and there was no shape or form. And, and, and the Bible says darkness covered the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. Everybody say worked. Everybody say created. Everybody say completed. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day God had finished. Everybody say finished. God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Do you think that God needs the rest? But yet God delighted in his work. God delighted in the Sabbath. God delighted in his rest from his work because he saw that all things that he did was good. In fact, he said it was very good that he did it, right? So what did he do? In his work, he took something that was formless and void. He took something that did not have shape, that did not have meaning, and he turned it into something. Work is creating. Work includes thinking. Work includes making something out of nothing. And that's what God does all the time. And listen, we have been created in the very image of God. I want you to notice Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man... And he put him in the garden of Eden 
to what? To work. God took the man and put him in the garden to do what? To do what? To do what? To do work. You were told that he was put in the garden so he could run around with his wife naked all day long. Just have a good time all day long doing nothing. You were told that he would just hang around all day long, but because he sinned, he had to work now. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God put him in the garden, and he put him in the garden, listen to me, to work the garden, to maintain the garden. Not only was he to work the garden and maintain the garden, but he was to oversee and rule all things. So work is a really incredible blessing in our life. You know, if you don't work, you don't create. You know, the truth of the matter is, is we're not at our best when we're on vacation. I understand. You know, I want to chill out. I don't want to think much when I'm on vacation. I don't want to create much when I'm on I'm not supposed to. That's not my time when I create. That's not my time when I think too much. That's the time that I go on a cruise and I eat and I eat and I chill out, you know, at the, at the pool. You know, and I'm not really thinking that much. Well, listen, if you did that all the time, your brain would turn into jello. Hello. If you just sat around all day long and you didn't work, you didn't do anything, you, you would be out of shape physically. Come on, somebody. You would be out of shape mentally. So God has given you work because it's a blessing to you because he wants you to use your brain. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. But God wants you to use your brain. He wants, he wants you to use your abilities that he gave you, your talents and your abilities. Man, he created you in such an incredible way, and he wants you to use your treasures, and he wants you to use your talents and your abilities all for his glory and for his honor. And the truth is most Christians fail to see how their work matters to God. Most Christians really believe that their work isn't really important to God, and as a result, they never find their purpose and their meaning in their work. And frankly, that is really sad. It's really sad. In fact, since the 1900s, Gallup has been measuring international employee satisfaction through a survey that has been honing over the years. Listen, in total, it has polled 25 million employees in 189 different countries. The latest version released this week gathered information from 230,000 full-time and part-time workers in 142 countries. Overall, the Gallup poll found that only 13% of workers feel engaged by their jobs. Wow. Only 13% of people can make the connection between what God wants them to do at their work, what God wants them to be at their work. And so they get up every morning and they work for a paycheck. They get up every morning, they put in their hours, they, they feed their families, they make ends meet, but they're not engaged and fulfilled at their work. But what if I told you this morning, listen to me, look at me. What if I told you this morning that your work really, really matters to God? No matter what you do, your work really matters to God. If you're a fireman, if you're an EMS, if you're a police officer, if you're a doctor, or if you're a baker, or you work at McDonald's, all of what you do matters to God. That every day God wants to meet you on the job. Come on, somebody. 
that every day your work, if it's legal and honest, can be a reflection of God's creativity in your life and through your life. Your work can be a reflection of God's wisdom and beauty. Your work can bring you closer. Your work can bring you closer to God. Wow. Now notice what I said, if it's legal. Your work can bring you closer to God. What if I told you that you can go to work every day knowing that God would be right in the center of your life and you could be right in the center of God's will for your life? I know some people, they go to work and say, man, if I was a pastor, I'd be in the center of God's will. If I was a missionary, I'd be in the, listen, you're not meant to be. Not everybody's meant to be a pastor. Not everybody's meant to be a missionary. But everyone is meant to use their work to glorify God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you hearing me today? That your work can be just as holy. Listen to me. Your work, what you do, can be just as holy as when you're praying. Your work and what you do can be just as holy as when you're reading the Bible, when you're sharing your faith, when you're going on a mission trip, when you're giving in the offering. Rick Warren writes concerning work. I love what he says. Work becomes worship when you dedicate it to God and perform it with an awareness of his presence. Let me say that again. I love that. Work can become worship to God when you're aware of his presence in what you're doing and you use it all for the glory of God. Work becomes worship when you dedicate it to God and you perform it with an awareness of his presence. Why is this true? Why is our work a big deal to God? Well, let me give you a few reasons why your work is a big deal to God. Number one. Your work is a big deal to God because God has given you and I all of his creation to do a work to continue his work. What do I mean by that? Notice Genesis 1 and 2. God created, then he tells you and I to keep creating, keep working, keep managing, and keep reproducing. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them, and God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit with its seed. They will be yours for food, and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground and everything that is breath in it, I will give every green plant for food. God said it was good when he saw it. And see, I want to be like God in my work. So, so actually, God actually tells Adam, I'm not going to just give it to you. I want you to work it. I'm going to give you the trees. you got to pick the fruit. God didn't say, I'm going to come down and feed you the fruit. He said, I've given you all this now. I want you to work the ground. I want you to till the ground. And I want you to listen to me. I want you to keep on reproducing. God started. He created, listen to me. He created mankind, and then he told us, keep on re reproducing. Mm, that's, the, that's the best part of work, though. <laughs> Uh-oh. He said, God gave us seed. He gave us seed. He said, you work the seed now. I want you to take my work, and I want you to be a reflection of who I am, and I want your work to be an outworking of what I have already started. 
So every time you go to work and you produce something, you're actually being an outworking agent of what God has already started. Come on, somebody say amen. Chip Roper writes, and I like this, and you need to look up Chip Roper, an amazing man that I've gotten to know over the time. And uh, he has a great blog, Chip Roper. He's actually Dr. Chip Roper. And he says this, whenever our work takes some aspect of the world and makes it better, we are joining God in the work of creation. Taking what is and improving it can, make, can take on many forms, better organized, better fit more efficient, more environmentally friendly, more humane, or more beautiful work that preserves and improves our world is the work that matters to God. Wow, that's powerful. When, when you make this world a better place, you're touching the heart of God. Come on. When you're serving somebody, you're touching the heart of God. When you're making this place a more humane place, you're touching the heart of God. Your work, number two, is a big deal to God because our world is damaged and needs to be repaired. So listen to me. God sent Jesus to reconcile us back to God. Amen? We are damaged goods. But God, when he sent Jesus, he sent Jesus to do the work of the cross. Come on, somebody. If you don't think that was work, oh my goodness. That when Jesus was on the cross, he was the outworking of God's reconciling heart towards the world. And now the Bible says we have been reconciled to God. And as a result of being reconciled to God, what's happening to us? We're getting better. We're becoming more and more healthy spiritually. We're becoming more and more healthy emotionally. I hope to pray to God that you're working on those things as God's Holy Spirit's working inside of you. But listen to me. It started with reconciliation. God gave us the work of reconciliation. The Bible says we've been reconciled to God. Now we have the ministry of reconciliation. So the truth is our world is a damaged place and all of this is from God, listen to me, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Whenever your work helps, listen to me, whenever your work helps to bring healing, whenever your work helps to bring order, whenever your, help, whenever your work helps to protect someone from danger, it's a big deal to God. I mean, you know, I was just talking to my nephew, who's a police officer. He actually wears this uniform right here. He actually came home. He works in the, in the, in the, in the middle of the night in Harlem. He works at a housing a project. And um, so he actually works from like 7 in the evening to 3 o'clock in the morning. I hear him come home every morning, right? And I pray for him every day. He, he lives with us. My nephew lives with us now. And I'm thankful. And, you know, I was telling him, I said, Andrew, I want you to understand something. Every time you put on that badge, every time you put on that uniform, every time you go out and you, you keep the, the peace and you rescue people from danger, you're actually being a, an extension of God in this world. You know, I, I think of firefighters and I think what they do all the time is an amazing thing. And we have a fire chief in the house, right? And it's an amazing thing. Every time a fireman goes out and rescues someone, he's actually an extension of the hand of God. And he's bringing healing to somebody. And all gifts, 
all good gifts, listen to me, come from above. Amen? And as the doctor goes out and treats patients, they do it in the name of Jesus. It becomes very powerful. Why? Because Jesus is a healing God. You understand how important it is to understand what we do in our life matters to God because it's an extension of bringing healing to this world. Uh, again, Dr. Chip Roper writes, God invests in a grand project to redeem his damaged creation through Jesus. Our work to God, whenever it helps to put a broken world back together, is an extension of God. When our work protects others from harm, insulates others from risk, or helps others recover from hurt, it mirrors God's work of reconciliation. Therefore, it matters to God. Number three, your work is a big deal to God because it meets the needs of others through our work. Jesus, he said, we ought to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Because that's a need that we have. Now, I understand that some of you in this room, you may work some jobs that sometimes you tend to believe, well, how, how in the world can I actually be a reflection of God? I, I hate my job. I hate doing my job. Well, number one, I want to tell you something. Wherever you are today, if you're a believer and you love Jesus, then wherever you are, God has put you there. Why? Because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And instead of complaining about where you are, thank God, number one, that you have a job. Number two, that God placed you at that job because he knows that, number one, he's going to do a work of character in you. And number two, he's going to use you on that job to shine his light. Come on, some, somebody say amen. So it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a baker. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, you work at McDonald's. You just need to know one thing, that God has directed your steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that actually will be the very thing that comes to fruition in our life. Now, I think of a mechanic. I think of a mechanic, and I think, wow, mechanics, you know, they, they, they do something very special. Now, I want to tell you that re recently I was going to Missouri to pick up my daughter, and I had some issues with my car before I had to go to Missouri, and I brought the car to my, my mechanic. He's a Christian, and I, I couldn't tell you how thankful I was for what he did for me because I wouldn't have been able to get on the road, do what I had to do, get back home if my mechanic didn't help me to do what he did. And, man, I'll tell you what, he did it with a smile. He did it as unto the Lord. I was so impressed with the way he did it with excellence. And, man, I'll tell you what, I got in my car, and at that moment I didn't have to praise the Lord for a missionary, and I didn't have to praise the Lord for a pastor or a prophet. I didn't need a prophet. I didn't need a pastor. I didn't need a missionary. I needed a mechanic. And my mechanic blessed my heart, man. I'll tell you what. He blessed me unbelievably. You see, your work is a big deal to God because it's the place where God shapes your character the most. I mean, think about it. You know, I'm speaking to you today, but you're not learning character while I'm speaking to you at church. You're, you're happy. How many of you? I mean, most of you are happy Right now, most of you. Some of you need to inform your face that you are a Christian. But most of us are happy. We're sitting here today. It's 120 degrees outside. It's nice and cool in this house right here. We're smiling. We just worship the Lord. We're happy, right? 
But you know, the truth of the matter is, is when you come to church on Sunday morning, you hear a message, but it doesn't shape your character. Yes, it challenges you. But the thing that shapes your character more than anything else is when you get up tomorrow morning and you go to work. And it, and it reveals to you and the whole world what's really on the inside. You know, come to church, you look good today, you got your Sunday clothes on, and you praising the Lord, hallelujah. And some of you go to work and you act like the devil, come on somebody. I mean, you don't only act like the devil, you talk like the devil. I wouldn't even know you were Christian if I came to work and visited you. In fact, some of you, I'm going to put on a disguise and come to work and see whether or not you're really a Christian. Because man, oh man, do we change. Oh, we're so spiritual in church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We speak in tongues. We roll down the aisle. We praise the Lord. God is good. And then we go on work. We go to work and boy, oh boy, we act like the devil. We use words that should never come out of our mouth. We have an attitude that is terrible when we get to work. Please do me a favor. If you do that at work, don't tell anybody you come to Bethlehem Assembly of God. <laughs> tell them you go to the church down the block. I don't care. Just don't tell them you come here. You know, the Bible says in Romans 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength and character. And character strengthens our confidence and, and our hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit and fills our heart with his love. Listen to me. Character is having a solid core which instinctively do the best thing even when it's not looking good. What do I mean by that? Man, when you go to work and you're having a hard time at work. I mean, look, how many of you have a hard time at work? Let me see your hands. Come on, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Yeah. I think all of us have challenges when we go to work, don't we? We, we have people challenges when we go to work, don't we? Huh? Yeah, this sister over here, like, ah, I need some oil. Oh, pray for me. Oh, yeah. We have people challenge. We have boss challenge. We have employee challenges. We have challenges that come our way every day. How are we going to deal with this situation? How are we going to deal with this? And it's the best place. Iron sharpens iron. It's the best place where we go into the fire where God can do his best work in us. I mean, it's the most challenging place of all. And that's the place that God does his best work. So tomorrow morning when you face a challenge at work, don't get angry at your boss. Listen, don't get angry at that person who's a demon at work who just really wants to get under you. You tell that demon, praise the Lord, you've been sent by God to make me a better person. Hallelujah. Yes. Character is built. Chip Roper writes again, the capacity to press on after what is truly good is developed in difficulty. And the challenges of the modern work world provides a, a veritable character factory in which God makes us better people. Even Jesus perfected or proved his character through the challenges he faced. When we go through challenges, setbacks, or even losses at work, these pains are not are never wasted. God uses them to tra transform us to the core of our being. And thus, even the hard side of work matters to God. I mean, I, I think of two individuals in the Bible that really reflect this. The first one is Joseph. 
I mean, think about Joseph. If, if Joseph was in any way, if Joseph could think, wow, I was not treated fairly by God and I'm so angry and I'm going to be bitter, he would have never gotten to the place that God wanted him to be. I mean, think about Joseph. Joseph has this dream that one day he's going to be a leader, a great leader. He's going to be the president of Joseph Incorporated. And all of his brothers are going to work for him. And all of his brothers are going to bow down before Joseph. But Joseph doesn't have the character that he needs to carry the vision. He doesn't have the character that he needs to move forward the vision. And so God's got to put him through the fire. And what happens? His brothers get jealous. His brothers throw him in the pit. He's sold into slavery. And Joseph now is a slave to Potiphar. But the Bible says in everything that Joseph did, he did it with excellence. Therefore, God blessed him. It's not fair. I can't believe I didn't get that promotion. It's not fair. My boss doesn't treat me right. I don't get paid enough. How many of you in this room think and feel that you get paid enough? Let me see your hands. Yeah, like that, yeah, that lady in the back, that one lady in the back. Mm-hmm. Honey, you should raise your hand because I pay you. No, I'm just kidding. That's my wife, not my secretary. The truth of the matter is, is, that Joseph went through the fire, and in the fire, his character was built. His determination was built. But here's the beautiful thing. Joseph was excellent wherever he worked. When he worked as a slave, he was excellent. And now he's working as a slave, and you know the story. Potiphar's wife really wants to, mm -mm. and so what happens? He runs away. He gets accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife, and now he's thrown in prison. Now, he doesn't have a job, but he, listen to me, in prison, he creates for himself a job. Is he Christians ought to create for themselves a job. You see, when you do things with excellence, when you do things with integrity and character, you create opportunities for yourself. Come on, somebody. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and do something about it. Be a person of character and ability, and your boss is going to recognize it. Somebody's going to recognize it, and they're going to promote you. Come on. And the Bible says that even when Joseph, listen to me, was in prison, he didn't sit there and feel sorry for himself. The Bible says he began to teach other people. He began to bless other people, and everybody noticed he was a man of excellence in prison. We do everything for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. I like Daniel in the Bible. Now, Daniel's a powerful story, and I was listening to the book of Daniel yesterday, most of the book of Daniel, just kind of trying to get it in me. And you notice Daniel, Daniel's work, Daniel is taken from Israel. He's brought to Babylon. They change his name, huh? They change his name to a pagan name. And yet, even though they changed his name, they could not take the God out of him. And here's what the Bible says. And no one could ever do the work that Daniel did because Daniel was a cut above everyone else. They got so jealous of Daniel. Why? Because while Daniel was doing the work for the king, what was Daniel doing? He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a rabbi. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a missionary. He was an administrator. He worked for the government. He was a government worker, a county worker. Did you ever meet a county worker? 
Do we have any county workers here? Bless your heart. Next. 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 Bless your heart. You got to go back to the... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there. Mm. Daniel was a county worker. He was an administrator. But the Bible says that he did everything with such excellence that they recognized that he was a man of God. That, that the Bible says that when they threw him in the pit because they were jealous of him, the king, listen to me, the king ran over to the pit the next morning because he was so concerned and of what he commanded or what he allowed to happen, that he ran to the pit, he opened up the pit, and he said to Daniel, Daniel, has your God that you worship rescued you? Wow. There was something about Daniel that when he went to work, he went to work and he did everything with character. He did everything with excellence. He did everything because he was doing it all for the Lord, not for anyone else, but for the Lord, that it was recognized that he was a man of God. Your work is a big deal to God because it's the place where you get to shine your light the brightest. And this is, listen to me, this is the most important part of this sermon. If you haven't heard anything else, the truth of the matter is you come to church, there's a lot of light everywhere. You know, I know some of you don't like the lighting, but there's a lot of light inside of us. There's a lot of light. We all, we are children of the light. Amen. Every one of you have light. If you're a Christian, you've got light inside of you. You've got light inside of you. That's why when we come to church, we should, we should have that light so shining that our brothers and sisters can see that. But listen, in this room, there's so much light, man. There's so much light. There's so much of Jesus in every one of you. But when you go to work tomorrow morning, you're not going to be working with all of us. Thank God. When you go to work tomorrow, when you get up in the morning, God is sending you into the dark places. Why? Because you are light. Because you are the light of the world. And so you are, in fact, a missionary to the dark places, to the dark continents of the soul. And so the Bible tells us that we're to let our light so shine. Listen to me. Let your light so shine, Jesus said, amongst men that they might see. Listen to me. Your good work. Your good work. What is good work? Did you, listen, I know we read these scriptures sometimes and we just read through them and, and we don't really ponder. What is your good work? Your good work is how you do your work. Your good work is how you do your good work. So you can go to work tomorrow morning and be a grump and a grouch and nasty and rude and isolated and, and complaining and feeling sorry for yourself. Or you could go to work and say, God, today you are sending me to McDonald's. And Lord, when I, when I serve someone, I'm going to serve them with excellence, with joy. Listen to me. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, everyone around you can see there's something different about you. Come on, somebody. Come on. If they can't see it, you're not full of the Spirit. But when you're full of the Spirit, when you walk into a room, the devils know that you're in that room. Come on, somebody. 
people ought to know that you're in that room because there's something different about you. You've got the Holy Spirit on you. You've got love and joy and peace. When you go to work, you show up with the joy of the Lord. You show up with the peace of God in your life. You show up with self-control. You show up with faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit makes you an excellent worker. The fruit of the Holy Spirit makes you the best worker at work. You're the cream of the crop. You're on the top. Come on, somebody. You're the best worker that your boss has. Why? Because you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you. Oh, but you say, you know what? But, you know, I, I just go to work on Sunday. I go to work on Monday. And, you know, I don't have a doctor's job. I don't wear a, a white jacket. I, I, I wear a white apron. I'm just, I'm just a, a fake. I just go to work every morning. I get up at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I got to go make, remember, time to make the donuts. <laughs> But could you imagine if you were a baker? Could you imagine if you owned your own bakery? Or maybe you were just a counter person. And could you imagine if somebody came into your workplace, right? Mmm, smell that. Smell that, sister. Mm. Yeah, can you, can you imagine if you worked at the counter and somebody came in and you said, Hi, how are you today? How you doing? Can you imagine? I mean, especially in New York. I mean, if you go to Missouri, they all do that. But you go to New York, nobody looks at you. I walk in, I, I, I ride my bike in the park. I walk in the park, and, 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 and if somebody's passing me by, they always look down. Like I'm, a, like I'm a weirdo. I feel like, what's the matter with me? I'm a weirdo or something? And I smile at her, hi, hi, how are you? How are you? Hi, hi, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Can you imagine if you went to work filled with the joy of the Lord? Even if you were burdened. Even if you had situations. I've, I've met some people. Listen to me. I've met some Christians that are so excellent. Oh, my goodness. And if they told you their story of their pain in their life. But they've got a way of still going to work. Putting a smile. And it's not a phony smile. It's a smile that comes from deep down within their heart because they know that God is in control of every situation in their life. Hallelujah. That God is a good God. Could you imagine going to work at a bakery and you're the nicest person in the whole entire community? And some people, they just come to work just to see you smile. They come to work just to see you shine because they don't see that anywhere else. So we're going to practice right now because some of you need practice right now. Practice your smile. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Some of you is like. Couldn't get my smile on. Can you imagine if you said, hey, here's a cookie. Have a great day. Go ahead. I'm not going to bite you. Have a great day. You, you have a great day now. Hope to see you tomorrow. God bless you too. Wow. Can you imagine the difference that person would experience in our life? Can you imagine how she would feel if we did that? She'd feel important, special. See, and you're going to be held accountable. Look, some of you are like, I hope he comes to give me a cookie. Yeah. 
See, some of us, we're not going to be held accountable for how much money we make. We're not going to be held accountable for the job that we hold. We're going to be accountable as to how we used what God put in our hand to bring glory and honor to him. And could you imagine if you got up tomorrow morning and you said, Lord, God, today, I want you to use me, God, to touch somebody that's hurting. She's eating that cookie right now. <laughs> Do you want some coffee with that cookie? <laughs> See, that's what happens when you sit in the front row. That's what happens when you sit in the balcony. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if you woke up in the morning and you said, Lord, today, what I do today is an act of worship to you. See, now your work becomes worship. Now everything that you do becomes an outworking of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. Let me tell you something as the worship team comes. We would change the world if every Christian would understand that what they do and how they do it is a big deal to God. That's why Paul the Apostle says in Ephesians chapter 6, listen, as I close, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul the Apostle says, Slaves, obey your masters in the Lord as if you are obeying the Lord. Listen, shh, shh, listen. When he was talking about slavery, he wasn't, he wasn't condoning slavery. He wasn't even referring to that kind of slavery. He was actually talking to Romans. He was talking to people in the Roman Empire. And back then, people would actually go and work for Roman citizens, and they would become their slaves so that they can gain their Roman citizenship. So it was really employees, obey your bosses as if you're obeying the Lord. Now, notice what he says. He says, and employees don't just do good work. Listen to me, Ephesians 6, you, you look it up. Don't just do good work when your boss is watching you. Uh-oh, now it's hitting home. <laughs> oh, he's coming. He says, do your work every day. As if you're working for Jesus. How would your work change? How would your work habits change? How would your on time habit change? If you knew when you showed up to work, Jesus was standing at the door to welcome you to work. How would your habit change when it comes to the way that you do your work when your boss is not looking because you know that your heavenly father is watching right now. How would your habits change when it came to what you would take from the job that doesn't belong to you? How would your habit change in the way that you treat people when you serve them? 
if you understood that you were actually serving them as if you were serving Jesus. I think, I think everything would change. Everything would change. Bosses, Ephesians 6, treat your employees the same way. As if, uh, as if they were Jesus. How would you pay them? <laughs> How would you treat them? How would you take care of them? How would you honor them? How would you respect them if you treated them as if you were treating Jesus? Listen, folks, your work is a big deal to God. Because your work is the place in which you get the greatest opportunity to shine your light and show Jesus that you love him as an act of worship. Let's pray. Father, we pray today, God, that you would help us to recognize our work matters to God. And Lord, so because our work matters to God, Lord, I pray that we would do our work with excellence. That we would work with integrity and care and compassion and character. For God, your word says we are your workmanship. Your, your handiwork created in Christ to do good work, to do work with excellence, to do work with integrity. So, Lord, today we come to worship you in church. Tomorrow we come to worship you at work. So, Lord, our prayer today is make us an instrument of peace at work. Where there is indifference or hatred, let us sow compassion and love. Where there is fraud and waste and abuse, let us sow accountability and help restore justice. Where there is stress and burnout, help us to sow purpose and divine calm. Where there is darkness and confusion, help us to find the wisdom and clear sight. Where there is sadness, help us to promote healing and joy. May all our tasks be done in harmony with all of your creation. May we always work in balance. Lord, may we be true to ourselves and our purpose. May we be on the level with others, giving to others, loving others, as we give and love you. May our workplace be sacred places. Tomorrow morning, Lord, when we get up to go to work, Lord, May that be the most holy moment of our life, God. May we give thanks for our jobs. May we give thanks for our bosses. May we give thanks for our employees. May we give thanks that we have a new opportunity, Lord, to serve you at work. Where love and compassion ripple out from each small act that we do right now, right here, and always. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you all stand to your feet? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to ask the counselors to come right now, these altar counselors. And if you need prayer today, 
If, if you need to know that if you die today, you'd go to heaven. If you need to be right with the Lord today, if you just need prayer today, I'm going to ask the counselors to come. If, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need prayer for your family, or, or if there's something going on in your job that you're wrestling with, and you need somebody to pray with you about it, you say, Pastor, I... I heard you loud and clear, but you don't understand what I have to go to every day. Maybe I don't, but God does. And maybe you're praying. Lord, I'm praying for your will to be done in my life. And maybe this is just a stopover to the next place that God wants you to be. But where you are today, the Bible says we're to do everything, everything to the glory of God. Can you imagine if we did everything for the glory of God in our life, if we worked for the glory of God in our life, and you say, Pastor, I just want somebody to pray for me. I'm, I'm really having a hard time at work. Or I'm praying for a career change. Or I'm praying for a direction in my career. And I want somebody to pray with me. In a moment when we close this service out and everyone else goes, if you want to come and just be prayed for, the Bible says that we're, we're to pray one for another. And what's more important? than praying for the place we go every day to work. And so, Lord, bless us today, Lord. Thank you for America. Thank you for our independence. Thank you, Lord, that we live in a, in a capitalistic country, Lord God, who believes, Lord God, that the harder we work, the better we work, the more promotion we can receive, Lord. But all of that comes from you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for our country, Lord God, that we can go to work, God, and that we've got work, Lord. We pray for those that are out of work, God. We pray for those that are unemployed, God. We pray for the countries, Lord God, that are struggling because they don't have enough work for their workers, oh God. Lord, we ask for a blessing over them as well, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's huge. Love you guys. Have a great day in Jesus. God bless you.